You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Cap'n Wags. I give you A. C-L. And with that, welcome in to the ACL pod featuring Cap'n Wags. I am ACL, he's Wags. NFL Week 9, College Football Week 10. Crazy to even say that. November is here. Bowl season will be here right around the corner. And of course, college basketball Wags starts on Tuesday. Cannot wait for that. Amazing. Yep, I've Amazing. been uh, looking and reading up on that, so can't wait. Can't wait for that. Packages are up on the site now, guys. College of Basketball is historically one of the best packages every single year, so cannot wait for that. Obviously, we have the college football rankings, which we'll jump into. The committee, the joke of a committee, in my opinion, came out with their rankings on Tuesday. We'll talk about that. NFL, fishy line of the week, $200 contest questions, free plays at the end of the pod, and we'll jump into some of the main games as well. At the real Mr. ACL, at Cap and Wags, Twitter, Instagram, the real Mr. ACL.com is the website. Wags, let's jump in, man. College football, of course, the playoff committee came out with their first set of rankings. Now, look, I totally get it. These will change. A lot of these teams will play in, play themselves in and out. I totally get it. I'm on board with that. Uh, I just still didn't like what they did, especially to Cincinnati. I think Oregon's overranked. I think some of these other teams are. Not properly ranked as well. Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Michigan State 3, Oregon 4, Ohio State 5, Cincinnati 6. Your just overall general thoughts on how the committee did this week. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Man, I was heated after that. I mean, I know I shouldn't. I know I should see through it. I know the committee does things, I don't know, for for the media, I guess. For effect? Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, after I'm almost shocked that Georgia was ranked first. I mean, like, that's how crazy it was. And to me, I mean, the fact that Alabama's two. Now, let's say Alabama didn't lose to AM. Where would they be ranked? If they were or, undefeated? Yeah, if they were undefeated. I mean, you have to assume that they'd have them first. First or second, right? I mean, I, so basically I, they're going to be second with the loss. You've got to have them first with that one, right? Right, I guess. I mean, to me, Georgia should be number one, even if Alabama was undefeated, in my opinion. Okay. So let's just say that's right. Let's just say, like, what I'm saying is they did not even with Alabama with a loss didn't move them at all. Right. I mean, it's just absurd. And, you know, I don't know. I think the two most, I mean, Alabama is fine. Like I'm okay with them being two. I really am. I, I'm over it. I could see it. I, I understand that, you know, if all these teams played now, Alabama, I'm, I'm good with them being number two. Okay. Here's, here's, here's the thing though. There's two sets of thoughts. Is it the four best teams power ranked, meaning at the end of the year, wins and losses be damned, who's ever the top four teams in their opinion should be for? Or, like college basketball, you can play your way in, right? If you win, you make the tournament, and then you keep going, that kind of a thing. So to me, it's I prefer the latter. Wins and losses actually matter as opposed to just at the end saying, well, Alabama has three losses, but they're probably the third best team in the country, so so we're going to put them in. If that's right. the case, just take the preseason rankings and, and, and do that. Why even play the games? No, exactly. I mean, I absolutely think there's two th- ways to think. And, okay, and I'm plenty okay with one team who has a loss, like in Alabama, in a very tough conference, getting in over somebody like, and I'll just say, 
Cincinnati because they're not a non-Power 5 who might be undefeated. To me, if you make that game on a neutral field, Alabama might be two touchdown favorites or something around along those lines. I don't know, 10, you know, so I, somewhere around there. I, sure. I, I don't know if there's anything out there. But the fact is they'd be probably around double-digit favorites. So I'm okay with that. But what I'm not okay with what I thought was just completely egregious to me is that Oregon was in the top five. Ridiculous. The fact that they have one loss and, and it's a bad to loss a, to a bad loss to a yes. three and five team in Stanford who who's having a down year and granted it was a close game. doesn't matter. They lost to a three and five team getting in over undefeated and who's completely ridiculous ranked eighth Oklahoma is just absurd. And, and the fact is like Oklahoma should certainly be up in the top four, if not five. The fact that they're eight is absurd. And then on top of that, why why is Michigan ahead of them? I I don't really understand. I mean, clearly the playoff committee just thinks that much highly of the big 10, even though Michigan hasn't played Ohio state, the, the best team in the big 10, in my opinion, or you want to say Michigan state. Yeah. They lost to Michigan state. They had them beat, but it's Harbaugh. So of course they lose. And here we are with Michigan State and Oregon in the top five and the top four. Um, of course, the, these teams won't be there at the end because they're both going to lose. They're not that good. And kudos to Michigan State. OK, I have to give them kudos. I had an under bet on them for their win total this year. That's done. Comple- you know, they, they completely went through that, completely blew my expectations away. Didn't realize that the, the amount of transfers that they had were going to gel that quickly. And this team's playing well above their expectations. I mean, their win total was at, what, five? Five. So, I mean, there's that. Now they're in the top four. I mean, and good for them. They're the one team that, like, completely overplayed expectations and are, are, are benefiting somehow from the playoff committee's, um, I don't know, just egregious decisions that they're making. Uh, yeah, I'm bitter. <laughs> yeah, um, look, as I mentioned, Michigan State, they still have a very tough schedule to play. They are 8-1 to one to make the playoffs. So the number three team currently in playoff, if you go on DraftKings, FanDuel, a lot of these books have will they will they or won't they make the playoffs. Michigan State is 8-1. to one. So that should tell you all, all you need to know. Oregon's plus money as well. Um, Alabama's actually minus money. Last I saw, they were like minus 160. So, again, well, they're number two, is gonna, right? Is so that helps. Yeah. And the yeah. fact is, okay, where Oklahoma's sitting eight, minus 150. Exactly. So I mean that's that's just it just goes to show you how absurd it is. I mean, I really think that it has to do with all the media and podcasts like this one who get fired up and are able to talk about all of this no doubt ridiculousness. I mean, to me, my top 4 slightly changed cuz you know, I'm having a little bit of this back and forth from Georgia, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and Ohio State. Now I have Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Alabama. Just because just the last two games by Cincinnati yeah. were not that impressive, mediocre wins, um, you know, and, and I, I just see now that Alabama's turned the, you know, even off a bye. They're coming off a bye. They didn't really do anything. Um, but I just thought about it a little bit more, and I put Alabama ahead of them. Can't argue with it, certainly. But I could certainly argue with putting Alabama second. I, I thought that was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if you want to put Michigan State ahead of Alabama, fine. They're 8 no, They're just came off a top 10 win against Michigan. Um, you know, if you want to do that, fine. They're undefeated in the Big Ten. Okay. But there but, also has to be some recency bias. There has to be. So who's playing the best now? That's that's what the playoff committee has been saying 
for the last however long. Which and I don't now, agree with. Why but, should a game in November count more than a game in September? I mean, so but let me let me go off that. It, it clearly didn't in this because Ohio State, who lost to Oregon, okay, who's arguably now number four Oregon, right? Yeah. yeah. They lost to number four the second week of the season, and then Oregon week five or six loses to three and five Stanford, but yet are ahead of Ohio State, who lost. I mean, I get the head-to-head thing. I, I totally get it, but Ohio State's playing better ball right now. That's it. Speaking of Ohio State and speaking of playing better ball, it looks like the market is pricing the Heisman Trophy as a five-person race at this point. Kenneth Walker is out at the, is out to being the favorite in some shops. The majority of, I would say, you know, the average of the numbers have Bryce Young still as the favorite, two to one. Kenneth Walker around three to one. Caleb Williams plus four twenty-five. C.J. Stroud and Matt Corral bringing up the rear at six to one and plus 650 respectively. The next closest guy is Kenny Pickett at 16-1, to 1, which I think the loss this past weekend pretty much eliminated him. So a, a five-person race. Kenneth Walker obviously making the biggest jump over the last week here. But, you know, again, it's a quarterback award. We've seen that over the past few decades. Uh, the market isn't necessarily reflecting what Kenneth Walker has done in a couple of these games where he had, you know, had 20 carries for 50 yards and uh, one right. game, and I think he had 80 yards on – uh, you know, 25 carries, one game, no touchdowns, that kind of a, that kind of thing. So, look, this past week, I get it, national TV game, four or five touchdowns, whatever he had, I get why they're they're putting him there. But they also have a very difficult schedule going forward. If Michigan State runs the table, goes 12 and 0, he has a touchdown per game, he's probably going to win the award. I don't well, necessarily see that, them doing that though. It's interesting that they take the, they, you know, they're not really taking those Kenneth Kenneth Walker, you know, games dud into games. account, yeah. dud games when when Kenny Pickett falls completely off the table last week because of a loss. And what did he do last week? 39 for 55, 519 passing yards. He threw for over 500 yards. Yeah, they, they lost. I mean, he, he threw three touchdowns um, and two interceptions. You know, you got you to gotta definitely mark that down. But five hundred. he threw for over 500 yards. Yeah. And he, dro- you know, dropped off the board just because of a loss to, to great Miami. They put up 34 uh, points against a you know, top, <laughs> top two defense in the country. Yeah, that's a, that's a Manny kidding, Diaz kidding. led defense. So yes. uh, watch out. Um, yes. But yeah, look, I, I think it's up in the more, more in the, like it's definitely up in the air now. I mean, Matt Corral definitely took a hit last week, losing to Auburn. Uh, you and I both had Auburn in that game. Uh, yep. So kudos to us for, for seeing that he did, you know, he still, he threw for 290 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, did run for 10, uh, 10 carries for 45 y- yards and get a score. Um, but that's certainly going to be a blemish and probably a huge blemish on his resume. Because if he would have come out uh, with a win at Auburn and maybe put up 350 with two touchdowns and a, and a pick, completely different race. Um, Bryce Young, to me, after seeing what's happening with the, with the polls and how everybody has, you know, loves Alabama, you know, to me, he's got to be the favorite uh, at plus 180. He comes off a, a bye he should up. He should put up huge numbers against LSU at home. So uh, to me, I, I think I don't see him losing any ground after this week. Uh, but Kenneth Walker, man, what a jump as you mentioned that he made. I mean, I see him as the favorite, as you mentioned in some shops, as as you know, big of a favorite if you add plus one twenty five mm, odds, man. which is I crazy. I wouldn't touch that with the ten foot pole. No, 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 that definitely number. not. Um, but I've seen him in some shops as high as plus four hundred. So. Again, make sure you shop around. That's the whole point. If you like Kenneth Walker to win, make sure you find the shop that's 350 or better. Um, don't take anything that's under 200. Uh, and, and look, C.J. Stroud, 
This guy's a stud. He's playing well. You know, still has the best receiving. He's still my pick. The one big thing that everybody can't get over is the fact that they lost to Oregon in week two. Week two. Yeah, it was at home. His second game ever. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but you know what? If C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young continue to play at the levels they're playing and continue to win as Vegas sees them winning, then I, I, I have to almost give the nod to Bryce Young. I mean, just because he's on Alabama and everybody seems to love Alabama. And if you're on Alabama, you're either going into the college football playoff or you're winning a Heisman or both. So, yep. you know, Alabama, Alabama, blah, 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 blah. That's easy. It kind of just feels like to me he's almost like the default favorite at this point. He hasn't yeah. had that Heisman moment, which we all not. Now, look, maybe against LSU, people will – I know that's a national TV game this this Saturday night, but uh, they are minus 29. But, yeah. you know. 29 he, total. He's going to have numbers. 60, he, what, 60, 66 or something? He's going to have numbers now. this weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So – we shall see. Going back to make the playoff numbers, guys. Ohio State minus 165 to make the college football playoff. Oklahoma minus 150 to make the college football playoff. Oregon plus 330 to make the playoff. <laughs> Cincinnati plus 175 to make the playoff. Alabama minus 160 to make the playoff. And I will say this about the Alabama number. If Alabama goes into the SEC title game against Georgia and wins that game, obviously they're in. Okay. If they go into that title game against Georgia and lose... A lot of people are just assuming they're at. I don't necessarily see that. I think if it's a one or two point loss in that title game, they still might find their way in there. So yeah, it's possible. Here's the thing. It's possible. Here's the thing, and why this is is done too. Or there's so much season left. Yes. Someone like Third Oregon. Of the years left. I mean, Oregon could end up with three losses. I mean, easily, maybe yeah, four. I mean, they're they, minus six and a half this weekend. I mean, right. And they, they go to win, a. You know. I mean, look, Washington has has screwed me all year. So I'm not going to say anything about that game. But Washington is a very, very difficult place to play. Very One of the most difficult. And the fact is that this is their Super Bowl, right? They're 4-4 four and four this year. They're not that, you know, they're a disappointing year. But now they have the chance to knock off a number four, a top five team in the country. And at, at home, this place is going to be rowdy. So uh, not only that, so they have Washington, uh, Oregon goes to Washington. They also get Washington State, who's right behind them in the uh, Pac-12 right North, yeah. playing good ball, new coach, etc. November 20th, we talked about this on two, three, four different podcasts already. Circle this game, Oregon at Utah. That's likely going to be – I don't want to say, well, they're in different divisions, but it could be a rematch for the Pac-12 championship down the road. I think first, Oregon's going to have to beat Utah twice yeah. to get in. Yes. Right, totally which is going to be tough. Then first time is they're going to have to go to Utah. So there's three tough games. And then, by the way, they end versus Oregon State in a rival game against an Oregon State team yeah. that is good this year. I mean, yeah, uh, kudos are. to them. I mean, uh, well, anything could happen. And guess what? <laughs> Looking at Oregon's schedule, they lo- they've lost to Stanford and over, uh, by, by a touchdown. Next, they get then they coming off a bye, they beat Cal, who stinks, by seven. Then they go on the road to UCLA and, and beat uh, Chip Kelly, okay, whatever, by three. And then they beat Colorado. I mean, they're, they're just not that good. I mean, the fact that they're top five is just crazy to me. I can't get over it. Well, plus 330 says that they're not going to get in. So Yeah, well, there's there a we reason go. why. Vegas yeah. knows. I know. Everybody knows except for the college football playoff committee. <laughs> Moving over to the National Football League. Wags, are you ready for the Jordan Love Experience Sunday 
in Kansas City. The plus seven, plus seven and a half Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, off the Aaron Rodgers news, this line moved from Pickham, seven points out. It was actually minus eight at one point. There was some buyback on Green Bay, plus eight. Now we're seeing pretty much seven, seven and a half across the market. Um, you ready for the Jordan Love experience? Yeah, I am. And I think the Packers should be too. I mean, I, obviously there's some, you know, bitterness, I'm sure, but some fans and probably some of the Packers organization, why Aaron Rodgers decided to use alternative homeopathic treatments to become immunized against COVID to build not up vaccinated, his, not vaccinated, not vaccinated, immunized. Correct, but to, to, to build up his uh, antibody levels. Yes. Um, you know, I'm not going to say it, but maybe I'll say it. it all comes down to the power of the P and yes, that's the exact P I'm talking about. Everybody knows his fiance, Shailene Woodley, very much, you know, she she was on Letterman and said that she eats clay to detox. I mean, this is someone who's obviously an influence on Aaron Rodgers. He's obviously been influenced by women in his life before. I remember many past, you know, girlfriends of his who, who Olivia Munn, right? Yeah, Dan, Olivia Munn. She's yeah. man, Olivia Munn, and she is smoke smoke show. Um, but regardless, back to the game. Packers should be almost excited about this. Jordan Love should really seize this opportunity. Chiefs defense has not been good. I will say one thing, though, with the Chiefs addition of Melvin Ingram, I'm really excited to kind of see that and see if that changes anything um, to their lethargic defense all year. Uh, but, you know, I kind of like that ad. And, um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Love, uh, could he be the guy of the future? I mean, this is a, a good test right now to see if he can step into and, and fill – um, you know, Aaron Rodgers shoes as far as us, the, the fans, the, the people want to see a great Packers Chiefs game, you know, yeah, against a team that then the Chiefs that's down this year um, relatively. Uh, I'm sure some teams and fans out there uh, would love to have the Chiefs record right now. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this was a, a super hyped game. And here we are, you know, I guess getting a, a look into the potential future of the Green Bay Packers with Jordan Love. Wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, the whole Jordan Love thing, he comes in t Sunday, 25 for 30, three touchdowns, they win the game. And ultimately that sort of okays. I think Rodgers probably would have been gone anyway, but it, it almost makes it okay for them to say, okay, see you later next year, right? And then uh, Jordan Love come in very similar to what happened when Aaron Rodgers was, was replacing Brett, Brett Favre. He came in, I think it was more uh, in, in, the, in the middle of the game, if I'm not mistaken, played well. And that sort of gave them the okay to say, okay, Brett, time to, to move on here, and we're going to go with Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see. Exactly. He, had, well, he, he has Hopefully that doesn't happen because I, I was able to uh, – hopefully that doesn't happen because I was able to steal a line on a book and, and get the Chiefs minus one before uh, they took it off the board. I so. tweeted it out for people. I, I yep. try to always do that. I say, guys, here's what's happening. There are, there are rogue books that are slow and still have this line up at Pick'em. Um, yep. Some and don't book. worry, uh, any any of our uh, subscribers who, who get the package, don't worry. You will not see Kansas City minus one because no. I took them. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. Well, no, we do not do that. <laughs> we, we tweet that out to try to get everybody on board uh, ASAP. There was probably a, you know, a window of, of minutes there yeah, to uh, very, potentially yeah, get that exactly. or, you know, tease them up to plus seven or whatever. So that's that. Uh, Tennessee Titans without Derrick Henry now. At first, that they said he might be out for the year. Now they're saying he might come back toward the end of the year. We'll see. But either way, he's out for the Rams game here. Um, we'll talk about this game a little bit later. But 
Derrick Henry, I mean, I am of the opinion, and, and, you know, in my view, the numbers bear this out. Quarterbacks matter more than running backs, even even if it is Derrick Henry. I think he's the running back that matters the most to any team in the league. I will say that. Uh, this line was minus four, minus four for the Rams on the look ahead. Now we're out to minus seven and a half, minus eight in some shops. Do you think the Titans have a realistic chance, not this weekend, but overall, if he has to miss any considerable time or if he's back toward the end of the year, can they just sort of tread water, so to speak, until he comes back? So the answer is yes, they can tread water. I mean, they're going to start to sink a little bit. Um, I don't think they sink all the way to the bottom. Um, it's huge. Look, this offense relies and runs on Derrick Henry. He sets the pace early in the games for their offense where he's able to, you know, break runs, set them up for, for third and manageable, uh, set up the play-action pass for Tannehill. And the reason why Tannehill's numbers have been great for the last two, three years since he left Miami is because he has a running game in Derrick Henry to set up play-action pass, give him time. Um, you know, he, he's able to set up and, and, and make smart decisions you know, with with a little bit extra time because the defense is more reacting to Henry and the run. So it's going to be interesting to see how Tannehill handles this now because they're going to have to rely a little bit more on him. Um, the offensive line is good, not great. Derrick Henry makes that offensive line look good and or at least better. Yes. Um, so the Titans are almost going to be a little one-dimensional. Um, you know, we got McNichols coming in. I mean, could he break a long run or something like that? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, he, he's he, – I don't think he's the answer. He's AP too, baby. AP. Yeah. Oh, yeah, AP. Don't, he might know, be the look, answer. To me, AP – and he could be. Look, AP is a, a freak. I mean, he, he's a phenomenal athlete. But to me, he's a guy who's been – I don't want to say I, – I use this term loosely. Sitting on the couch for eight, nine weeks, right? He's not practicing with a team. He's probably in great shape still, keeps himself, you know, fit. But this deep into the season, without having any practice or anything like that, it's tough to, to kind of reacquaint yourself into the league. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm interested to see, how, to see if Tannehill is going to be the Tannehill of the last three or four years with the Titans – or because of this, without Henry, he goes to being the Tannehill of the Dolphins who, who really struggled. So, um, you know, that, that's going to be key. And I, and I look to the Titans' defense to step up. I mean, that, that's someone, you know. They've they, been playing they better up. as of late. They've, and by yeah, better, I look, mean not horrible. Right. Well, they played really good, I mean, against, again, a Chiefs team that's struggling. Three points, sure. But held them to three points. And prior to that, the Chiefs' offense wasn't the issue. Um, I mean, yeah, there were turnovers here and there by Mahomes and whatnot, um, who, by the way, I think leads the NFL now in, in picks. In, crazy. In picks he was 100 wild. to 1 to start the year at the, to lead the league um, in picks. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and look, we talked about the Packers without Rodgers, the Titans without Henry. I mean, what about the Browns with, without Odell? Addition <laughs> by subtraction, man. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, uh, I don't think we've <laughs> talked about Odell in a positive light in, in five, six, seven years. I mean, um, has any yeah. player or wide receiver gone from that kind of superstar status? Oh, my God, you got to get Odell top three, whatever, to just also ran. I mean, he's going to be cut. I don't know. Somebody he's will a pick jet. him up, I he's guess. A, he's, but... just, he's just a guy. He's Man. just a guy now. He, he's a receiver. But you know what? 
is Baker just not a fit? Look, I've seen all this whole stuff about Baker not, you know, giving him the ball, getting him the ball. His Odell's dad is involved and tweeting out how. And I've seen routes where Odell's wide open. Yeah. But it, is it because Odell doesn't like him? They don't get along, which obviously is potentially at least what Odell feels if his dad's coming out and saying all this stuff. Or is Baker just not that good? And he, he's missing his reads. And I think it's probably a mix. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's purposely not thrown to the guy if he's open. But I also think he you know, may not be looking over there as his first or second read when he might yeah. be supposed to be exactly. doing that. So exactly. that's what I feel about that. And um, by the way, yep. and by the way, just real quick, I've seen Odell drop a few key balls this year. So, I mean, when he's throwing the ball and he's not, he's not making the catches that he's supposed to be. And, and I'm not talking about, like, one-handed catches. Like I'm talking about wide open, coming across the middle, hitting him right in the hands. There was a big play in the, against the Chargers where he, he dropped the ball, and, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe Baker just doesn't trust him. I think that's a lot of it. Just mentally yeah. doesn't feel like he's checked in there, for sure. Fishy line of the week time, Wags. Again, what is this? A line that we look at, it could be NFL or college, and you just say that line stinks, something's not right. Am I missing something? Is somebody hurt? Is somebody injured? What is going on? The line absolutely stinks. I will go first. My fishy line of the week is in the ACC in college football, and it is North Carolina and Wake Forest. Yes, 8-0 Wake Forest, number nine in the country. Number nine, ranked number nine. Wake Forest, 8-0 undefeated. People talking about 12-0 Heisman maybe. College football playoff, ACC champs. At North Carolina, a team that was ranked top 10 in the preseason, a team that is now currently unranked, a team that just lost last week to Notre Dame, a team that's 4-4, four and four, not even above 500. And the line is what? North Carolina minus 2.5. North Carolina is favored against that mighty Wake Forest team that I just mentioned and all those accolades that they currently have. North Carolina, the Mac Brown-led North Carolina Tar Heels are minus 2.5 in this game. My fishy line of the week. Wags. Crazy. Crazy. Um, yeah, last week, uh, just a little bit about my fishy line. I, I was, um, and, I, and I'll bring this on kind of all around in full circle, but last week, Mississippi State unranked, hosting 6-1, 12th-ranked Kentucky. Kentucky was only laying a point. I was all over Mississippi State. Um, and, and sure enough, Mississippi State puts a hurting on Kentucky, wins by two touchdowns, outgaining them 438 to 216. This week, I'm looking at Kentucky again. New week, they're ranked 18th. They fall six spots. They're still 6-2. and two, Really solid team. All they did was lose to a ranked Mississippi State team, who's now ranked, and um, Georgia, the best team in the, in the nation. Uh, they're now back home versus a pretty decent 4-4 four and four Tennessee team. But why is this game pick them? Why is unranked Tennessee, who's 4-4, four and four, going to 18th-ranked Kentucky, who's six and two, and Kentucky's at home, and it's only Pickham. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, take a hard look at Tennessee this week uh, at Pickham. If you take a little bit of a peek under the hood, as we like to do, and get a little bit more granular with our data and what's going on, um, which the public does not do, right? They see four and four versus six and two ranked. Take a little peek under the hood. And you'll see there's some slight injuries with Kentucky. Um, and, and we'll see how that pans out this week. But I'm going to take a, a, a hard look at Tennessee uh, at Pickham to go into Kentucky and, and win that game. 
that's a game I'm looking at as well. Certainly, you have to wait, wait on some injury news that will most likely be out there in the next day or so, but that's a game I'm checking out as well. 60-second speed round time. I'm going to ask Wag some questions. He's going to ask me some questions. We can give one-word answers. We can give longer answers if we want. Wags, you are going to be on the 60-second hot seat first. Let me know when you're ready, and I will tee up the first question for you, man. Yeah, no, let, let's let's go. I'm, I'm ready. After uh, this many pods, it's just throw me into the fire. Here. Let's rock and roll. First question, who wins the Pac-12 this year? Utah. So we touched a little bit on this, uh, you know, Oregon, yeah, of course they have a shot. They're ranked so high, et cetera. But we just talked about it before. November 20th, Oregon goes to Utah. Huge game. Um, you know, I just like Utah's schedule. It's a little bit weaker from here on out. Uh, I think they win the South. They'll go into the play the winner of the North. Who could it be Oregon, Washington State, Oregon State? Whoever it is, I still like Utah. Um, yeah, it's tough to beat the same team twice. So, you know, if it is Oregon and Utah and Utah wins this first game, um, you know, We'll see what happens. But, uh, look, I think the North is truly wide open, and i like Utah to win the Pac-12. This time next season in the NFL, so week nine, this time next year, will Tua be a Miami Dolphin? Wow. Yes, he will definitely be a Miami Dolphin. But he might be backing um, up somebody. It's possible. We'll see okay. what happens in the offseason. But, you know, I think if the management had any brains, and history says that they do not, um, they will be doing, you know, if Tua is their guy and they're pot committed to him, they will be doing a lot of shopping for offensive linemen. Um, that's all I would do. I would make sure that we have experience. We, the Dolphins, have experienced offensive line to protect Tua to see if he is, in fact, a guy who can actually be a top 15 quarterback. Me, I think at best he can be a top 15 to 20 quarterback. Not top, somewhere between 15 and 20. Um, but, yeah, I think he's with the team, and you know, uh, we'll see if he's starting. Will the Kansas City Chiefs make the playoffs this year? Borderline, I'm going to go with yes. Um, I think the fact that they kind of lucked out not playing Rodgers this week is going to give them an extra win. Huge. Um, maybe. Huge. Uh, but I, I see them getting into that seventh seed. I talked a little bit about Melvin Ingram, the addition at linebacker. Uh, I think he's going to change a little bit of that dynamic, give them a little bit of a spark um, on defense. So, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Final question. If you had to vote today, NFL, your coach of the year is? Well, I kind of talked about it last week, but I'm going to change. But I, I, I like both. So Kingsbury, uh, Arizona, I think some of these injuries might, you know, and, and the more a team loses and, and these injuries might impact that, the less likely a coach is to win the coach of the year, right? They want a winning coach. He's already done incredible job, but uh, I got to say Staley. Um, you know, I think he, he's done a great job. He's made some kind of rookie mistakes, as you would expect. Um, but I wouldn't mind if uh, our listeners put tickets on both of them uh, at, you know, somewhere around seven to one. I think, you know, one of those two could certainly win it. Um, the fact that in some shops you have McCarthy, uh, just can't, st can't stomach that. He's I just favorite, can't stomach. Baby. I can't stomach it. Um, <laughs> but, but look, I mean, He's got a great team, so it makes him look good. Yeah. All right, you're off. I'm up. Sweating, sweating. All right. Are you ready, ACL? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. Missouri, SEC. Missouri has not covered a game this season. Will they go 0-12 against the spread? Man, they're plus 39 this weekend at Georgia. <laughs> they might cover against Georgia. Um, 
I'm going to say that they will. I'm going to say that they're going to go 1-11 and ATS. So Is this yes. the week they cover? I'm going to say no. <laughs> All right. Uh, AFC West, NFL, who wins it? Lost. I'm going to say the Chargers. I'm going to say the Chargers. Say the Chargers. Yeah. Barely. Barely. I agree with that. Barely. You do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. No, they haven't right. looked good the last few weeks, but I'm going to say Denver's not going to win it. There's a lot of stuff obviously going on with the Raiders. The Chiefs, they picked up a huge advantage this weekend against uh, Love instead of Rodgers. But I'm going to say Staley's good enough to get the Chargers back. They already have the win at Kansas City this year, so I'm going to say the Chargers. You're starting a franchise next season. Who is the first pick um, for you? Your first pick of the current NFL players. How could I mean before this year? You, you know, you're going to say Patrick Mahomes, right? But <laughs> I'm just going to let's just say that what we're seeing is not just going to randomly go away at some point. How about I go with Josh Allen? I like it. Would that be crazy? No, he's in his prime no. now. Now, now you could argue he's not young enough. By young enough, I mean you know he's not a rookie or second year, and he's what five, six years in at this point. But if he's at that good, then you're getting probably eight to ten more years of this. I'll take that. I don't hate it. I might go after an offensive lineman mm-hmm. um, because that's me. But yeah, no, I don't hate. I don't hate Josh Allen. I also wouldn't hate Patrick Mahomes. Um, to be honest. But uh, all right, last question: ACL. Will the Detroit Lions, the Dan Campbell? led Detroit Lions go 0-17. I'm going to give a quick answer here. They will not go 0-17. They will win a game. But it's That's not going it. to be it's not going to be this weekend, Wax. That I can guarantee you. Guarantee. Guarantee lock of the year. Take the bankroll. They're not going to win the year. this weekend. Woo. Lock They're, of the year. The Lions are on a bye. They're on a bye. All right, we are going to look ahead here to two games, one in college, one in the NFL. Biggest game of the weekend, Wags, I think for sure in college, Auburn at A&M. Number 13, Auburn at number 14, A&M. A&M currently minus 4.5, totals 49. Uh, Texas A&M comes into this one off a bye. Winners of three straight versus Alabama, Missouri, and South Carolina. Jimbo Fisher off a bye, historically very good. Uh, Very good record, very good ATS record, always putting in some kind of new set of you know, play calling, wrinkles, et cetera, for opposing defenses to have to kind of figure out. Auburn, on the other hand, comes into this one. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Off a huge home win versus Ole Miss, uh, they won that game 31-20, to 20, covering as a result. Um, I, I, I'll say this. Coming into the year, the knock on Bo Nix was kind of road Bo Nix versus home Bo Nix. On the road, extremely inconsistent, throwing picks, turnovers. It was like two different players. But honestly, this season, he's actually been pretty consistent, both home and away. Uh, road wins this year at LSU, at Arkansas. But I will say this A&M defense is for sure a step up in class compared to those two. Uh, A&M defense fourth in the country in points allowed per game, giving up just 16 points per game. So uh, they're also in the top 40 in both passing and rushing defense, playing an extremely difficult schedule. So while he has looked good on the road previously this year compared to years past, I do think he certainly might regress a little bit against this A&M defense on the road here. Yeah, look, Auburn has played well. I mean, look, they're 6-2. and two. They lost at Penn State early, 28-20 on that night game. It was uh, probably the best, one of the best night game kind of primetime games that we had uh, where it came down truly to the wire. And then they lost to Georgia at home 34-10, which, <laughs> which is really not bad. Um, so 
yeah, they're coming off this emotional win versus Ole Miss. I, I, you know, they played very well. It was a home game, night game, and now they have to go to A and M. A and M off the bye, as you mentioned, Jimbo. Yes, historically, I did look into it. Um, you know, very good off the bye, except when playing kind of Alabama, <laughs> um, you know, and some of those top teams. Now, I expect this game to be hard hitting, very defensive. Um, you know, I think, you know, points are going to come at a premium in this game. And, you know, it's a low total in the SEC. I think it's uh, around 49. So, you know, I, I expect this to be a really good, tight game, hard fought. And, uh, you know, A&M four and a half. That, that's your road. You know, that they're basically saying yeah. that these teams are even because A&M. Yeah, 13 gets, versus 14. Yeah, right. In college, you can get up to three, four and a half, five points for home. I think A&M one of those. Kyle Field, the 12th I man. Agree. Um, this is where, uh, you know, that that four and a half comes. So, uh, you know, coin flip, basically A&M home team. This is going to be a great one. I can't wait to watch it. Yep. Certainly the situational spot would favor A&M. Uh, and then you factor in home field and potentially the Bo Nix experience. So this is a game yeah. that I'm looking at as well. Uh, moving over to the National Football League. We talked about this game a little bit, but Titans versus Rams, right? You have the 6-2 and two Titans. You have the 7-1 and one Rams. Rams currently minus 8, minus 7.5, depending on the shop total, 53.5. Obviously, the handicap here has to begin really with Derrick Henry, who's out for the game, which is why the line has been bet to over a touchdown here. Uh, this line was as low as minus four, four and a half on the look ahead. The spot is not great for Tennessee either. Uh, back-to-back road games here for them, fresh off that huge divisional win last week versus the Colts. Now they have to travel to the Rams out on the um, West Coast after they flew back to Tennessee after the Colts game. Uh, and look, the Rams just traded for Von Miller. And you have that kind of locker room vibe. The players are all buying in. This is our year. We're going all in. We're really going for it here. How will that affect them here on this on this uh primetime game here and the Rams look they came into this game off a 38 to 22 beatdown of the Texans last week one of the all-time worst beats honestly if you had Rams minus 16 and a half I think the Texans outscored them 22 zip in the fourth quarter um but for me much more than kind of the X's and the O's of this game because look the line is certainly inflated from the look at it. it's all about the mentality and the the situational handicapping point here on paper the line is inflated as I said I mean when you're talking a look at a four, four and a half out to eight, you're talking a four point move for a running back. I don't care if it's Derrick Henry or Emmitt Smith or Jim Brown back there. It's just not worth four points. It's just not. So you're, you're trying to kind of handicap. Are the Titans just kind of looking to get past this game and then go back home where they have two home games in a row, figure out the whole running back situation there? Or is the line inflated? The Rams are coming back here off a huge big win, riding high. And is it a buy low, sell high spot for them? So a very interesting, unique handicap here. Yeah, like you said, look, this line opened four, went up, I think, after the Henry News to six and a half, and then it got bet up to eight. So that betting up is not only some sharps maybe getting it, you know, at six and a half, getting it under the touchdown, but to me, going from seven to eight is a lot of the public kind of getting in after the line movement and betting it up. So I think there's some inflation there right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we get somewhere around seven and a half uh, before the game. I think if it keeps going up, it'll be interesting probably just because of teaser protection. Um, That said, I think the biggest loser here, obviously, outside of Derrick Henry in Tennessee is NBC. (laughs) So Sunday night game, you know, obviously they want to 
um, promote this as much as they can with Derrick Henry. The way he's been playing up until, obviously, him getting hurt has been phenomenal against Stafford and the Rams. And, you know, the way that they're playing, you know, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender, no doubt, right now. So, um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of focus, as I mentioned earlier, on the Titans' defense, how, you know, how they can stop Cooper Cup. I mean, this guy, um, you know, possibly, you know, looking at fantasy perspective, if you did a redraft right now, it's possible that you would take Cooper Cup in the top three, maybe even one overall, the way that he's playing and, and performing. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, we'll, we'll see if McNichols and how he plays AP, if he's in there, um, any other running backs that they have, I think they'll kind of trial and error um, the running back, but they're going to have to rely heavily on Tannehill. And um, it'll, it'll be an interesting game for sure. I mean, I'll be... Sh- you know, sometimes you see, like you said, Von Miller comes, they're emotional, they're getting excited to win the Super and it's almost like an over-emotional, yeah. like, we're going to yeah. pound this team, and they come out flat. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm really going to look into it a little bit more, but um, that's just something else. And, and are, are, if ACL, if you're done with this, I just want to bring one thing up about a game last week that just blew my mind, uh, especially when it comes, like, to terrible decisions. Jacksonville and Seattle. Okay. I have to follow my sword. I had Jacksonville um, in a tease, uh, and I had Jacksonville for a very small play to win, to win the game. They lose by 24. But it's in the fourth quarter. It's 24 nothing. Jacksonville goes and scores a touchdown. It's 24 to 6. And obviously, I mean, it's, it's still early in the, you know, early ish, early enough in the fourth quarter. What do you do? You go for two, right? You want to be down two scores. Nope. Not Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer kicks the extra point. Then what does he do? It clear that he's literally giving up. He goes and kicks an onside kick. Genius. Why? Genius. Why? <laughs> I have to bring that up because, I, I mean, it's just kind of the most ridiculous thing that I've that I saw I was like, first off they scored. I'm like, all right, he's going to go for two. Sure. I mean, there, you know, you never know. He could kick an onside kick, get it. We'll play to win the and game. Then, yeah. And, and then he kicks the extra point. And then sure enough, he kicks an onside kick right after, after, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I don't think we're going to see urban there next year. No, just, just no. my guts. I think he's just going through the motions. He's just trying to get, get back. And maybe he was looking at some of those college girls in the stands. Yeah, just collecting a paycheck every, yeah. every week that he's there. $200 site credit Monday Night Football contest time. Monday Night Football Steelers Bears. I'm going to read three questions. Whoever gets them right first. And whoever is the first person to get them in wins 200 bucks in site credit to the real MrACL.com. DM your answers on Twitter or Instagram to myself or Wags. Here is question number one. Steelers minus 6.5 versus the Bears. You're taking Pittsburgh minus 6.5 or the Bears plus 6.5. Question two. Who's the player who's going to score the first touchdown in the game? Question number three, the total number of touchdown passes, passes, not running, so passes only, total number of touchdown passes by Justin Fields. All right? Get them in, get them right, get them first. You win 200 bucks in site credit. No questions asked to the real mysteryself.com. Good luck, everybody. What a game. What a game. Yeah, Monday night. Monday night. Can't wait for that one. All right, my man, free play time. I had a loser last week. Free plays are still up. Good amount on the year. See everyone let me down. Free play time. You want to do the honors? Or you want me to go? Uh, I'll go first. That's go for fine. it, my man. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> continuing the theme, and I say it every pod, we're going out west. This time we are going far 
west, as far west as you can go in the continental United States, unless Alaska is further. I don't know. It's a good trivia question, but we're going to Hawaii. We're, <laughs> we're going to Hawaii. Uh, this is a Hawaii is playing at home, a very good home team. Uh, playing at home against 7-1 and one San Diego State coming off a loss. Uh, last week, San Diego State loses to Fresno. Um, they're now 7-1, and one, as I said, and they are, you know, to me, it's, it's an emotional loss. Now they really are mentally down, have nothing really to play for. Um, you know, now they have to make a big trip to Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii plays great at home. I think this is a great spot for Hawaii. Uh, to play up and, and kind of beat a 7-1 and one team, keep it really close, and possibly even sneak out a win. So I'm taking Hawaii plus the points, get them at 7.5, and, uh, and that's that's it. Free play, Hawaii plus 7.5. That's a great spot for Hawaii. I mean, it's it's really a, a down spot for San Diego State off that loss. So definitely. A- ACL's laughing at me over there. He doesn't – He's trying to figure out my geography ge- lesson. My geography. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. You look that up. Yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you look that one up while I'm giving the free play here? My free play, college football, Big Ten action. Illinois plus 14 and a half, minus 110. They're playing Minnesota on Saturday. The line has just gotten too high. It's time to really sell high on this Minnesota team after four straight wins in a 41-14 win last week versus Northwestern. But this is a team that's still just 122nd in the country in passing yards. The Illinois defense has been improving week after week. They give up, they are giving up just 23 points per game on the year. Uh, they went on the road, of course, two weeks ago and beat Penn State outright as 24-point dogs. Uh, and then they gave up just 20 points last week in a close loss to Rutgers. So a low total here, 44. Uh, expect a lot of running, kind of that big classic Big Ten battle there from both teams here. And uh, Illinois to keep it close here within the number. Illinois plus 14 and a half readily available in the market at minus 110. That is the free play. So I, like I, I have to go. I have to go listen back. I may have said continental U.S. Which that's why I started laughing. Yes, that's obviously completely wrong. So uh, <laughs> as I was going through my head, I was like, wait a minute. That's not continental U.S. But Alaska is, in fact, further west. So or I should say farther west. Because it's still pretty far out to Hawaii, though. That's right. For the handicap. Right. So there we go. The website, therealmrACL.com. Twitter, Instagram, at therealmrACL, at Cap and Wags. Hit us up if you have any questions. Let us know. Hockey's going. College basketball again starts on Tuesday. Big, big, big season coming up. We cannot wait for that. So if you have any questions, let us know. Wags, anything else before we get out of here? Not pumped. I mean, hockey's hot. Uh, seven, two, and one in the last ten. I think it's somewhere like fifteen, four, and one in the last twenty. So, um, you know, let's keep rolling. NCAA basketball coming up, as ACL said. Really excited for that. Uh, last year, first time with ACL doing it. Have been doing it for years. So, uh, pumped to to continue that. And and we absolutely crushed it last year. So, um, very exciting. And uh, yeah, then uh, after that, we're getting close to bowl season which we absolutely killed last yes, year. Yes, we did. So, uh, man, uh, I'm pumped. It's very exciting. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So uh, looking forward to a great college and pro football weekend, uh, hockey weekend, NBA continues to win. And, uh, yeah, let, let's keep it up. Let's keep winning. Let's keep it going. All right, everyone. I'm ACL. He is Wags. Any questions, let us know. We're always there to answer them. Good luck on all your plays. Talk to you same time next week.